0: Phone Podcast. bone Podcast. Between you and me. Between you and me. So we're gonna jump in on this uh next topic. And over the last few weeks we've been trying to I guess I've been in a, I've been in a space because we've been having the opportunity to talk about legacy building. Right. And so um just in so many different facets of legacy building and you know, some of the things that we've done with you and for you and how you've received those things and even, you know, talking about how we can it, um together
1: going forward at,
0: going forward as a family as a race as a people as a you know whatever right. how we can um move to the next level help everybody move to the next level help help man it's help help everyone move to the next level and so um with that being said, I was thinking um about the book and I mentioned the book before in the podcast and so i'm gonna, I'm gonna give a a not so shameless plug for our, our book the get out date one father's guide to raising a son yeah. Yeah, all right. The book's dope. Yeah, it is. It's dope. It's dope. It's about though. me. It's about T. It is about T. And so, if you're interested in, in in purchasing the book, then hit us up. It's on Amazon. You can look on Amazon to get out of date, one father's guide to raising a son by Clarence T. Brown. Um, but it's it's written, It's a book that was written about T. Um, and T's life from birth to graduation from high school, and um, it, it provides some nuggets. Um, it provides some intentionality. Because um, my wife and I had, we were very intentional about the way we um, we raised T and some of the things that we did. And so, in this book, there there are several several of the I don't know activities, options, actions. Um, we're just looking to um, we were
1: discussing um, basically intentionality and intentional conversations, and we're kind of just today going to be pulling pieces of the book and talking about different. Um, Intentional things that you guys um, developed uh, when it came to kind of working with me and raising me to see, um, to kind of, I guess, get the, to sow or reap what you sowed, I guess. Yeah. To reap yeah. the benefits you wanted and, and what you did to kind of um, sow certain things into me, I guess.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you said it because it's funny, man. It's going to be another shameless, it's going to be a shameless blow. This is going to be um from um, Alvin Perry, uh, one of my, my good partners, man. He used to get on me all the time because I'd call Alvin. And I'd be like talking his ear off about T when T frustrate me about something or something like that. And he like, bro, man, you can't you can't sow and reap it. you can't sow and harvest in the same season. That's what he's always saying. Like. You can't sow and harvest in the same season. You can't sow and harvest in the same season. And so, um
1: then you used to talk about me, man?
0: I did used to talk about you, man, because you used to frustrate me. That's crazy. And it's bad because he wasn't even a bad kid, man. But, you know, just just like to he who much is given, much he is required. easily irritated. I, <laughs> not easily enough. But anyway, to he who much is given, and much is required. And I think we gave you a lot. And so when, sometimes when I didn't see um, the return on that. An immediate return? Yeah, and not even an immediate return, just a return. Like, I, mean, I look at trends. I mean, the way I look at life is in trends. You got people that look at patterns and trends, and you got people that look at individual actions. And I look at trends um, in anything in life, and so it's just not for like, oh my God, man, we've been doing so much to go down this path, and he going the opposite path or in the opposite direction or whatever. And, and, and the one thing that Alvin would always tell me is that you can't sow and harvest in the same season. And that was good advice to take. That was good advice to take. And so um, the, the, the converse to that is you gotta sow in order to reap the harvest. Right. And I think that's one of the things that you and I wanna discuss, um, at least in this podcast, and we've talked about it in the past podcast, and may may continue on in some other podcasts like as as a parent or a caregiver uh big brother even um big sister or whomever um you gotta actually sow you are, you gotta plant seeds in order for those seeds to grow, and so often I think I see where people aren't planting seeds, they just hope that things are gonna manifest yeah and they can't manifest it's if- kind
1: of um it's easy to fall into. Just make sure your kids stay alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, Lower the amount of stress, have as little stress as possible, but it's harder to kind of, I guess, look forward and try to to, uh, look to see what you want to develop and what you think is important to be developed in your child and then actually taking the time to kind of set out and what can I do now to try to get to that point down the line. So I think that could definitely be difficult. Yeah,
0: and and that's what it takes too. As a matter of fact, I know I put um. I, this is a while ago, man. I mean, years ago, I, I I um posted something somewhere, and I said, deciding to be a father, to deciding to be the be a father was one of the hardest decisions that I ever made. Um, because it's it's and, and you and it's semantics. Whether you want to call it a father or a daddy is up to you. But being an active, being a, playing an active role, not just being there and providing. Um, sustenance or a place to live, but actually, you know, caring about where your where your child goes and caring about how your child progresses in life and where they end up, not from a perspective of wishing, but actually developing and building a pathway for them to get there. That's not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. And as a matter of fact, um, it's it's lonely sometimes, and not only is it lonely sometimes, it's heartbreaking and heart wrenching sometimes because. You know, I, I I used to hear people say all the time, I don't know if I ever heard my dad say this, but you know, like it's gonna hurt me more than it hurts you, no, it's gonna hurt me more than it's gonna hurt you, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gonna hurt me more than it's gonna hurt you. It actually does, um, because like sometimes, like I mean just you and I, we, we could be having a good time, right, and you know, we still chilling, having a good time and I know it's something that needs to be done. And like, I stop myself from having a good time to remind you, hey, but there is still a goal out there that we need to get to and we need cognizant of that. And that, that's not always easy because um, you'd want to revel in the time, that, the good time that you're having. You know what I'm saying? And, and as a father, I think it's important to keep all that in perspective. Like, yeah, we are having a good time, but guess what? I mean, because as a father, I can be having a good time with you and I know the rent gotta be paid, so I know I gotta make some money to pay rent. Mm-hmm. And so I need to put that same um, thought and mentality in your head. Yeah, we are having a good time, but at the end of the day, you still have some objective that you need to meet. Yeah, though. Oh man, you sitting there like just thinking, and you know, thoughts on your face and then you ain't got nothing to say? Oh, I,
1: so the thought was, I just think we got into a whole conversation before we even started on the topic that we was gonna talk
0: about. Oh, okay. But yeah, I agree with everything you just said. It might put a lot in context. Sorry, so, so basically, I'm just gonna pull some nuggets out of the book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many we're gonna go through, but when I pull them out, uh, I'm gonna read, a part, read the part of the book that it, it pertained to, and then I want you to tell me your thoughts about it, because okay. it was written about you, right? And so uh, it's some lessons that I came up with from the book. And the first lesson is um, the environment, not perfect, but intentional, right? And it came from, um, from the forward, and actually the forward was written by T. And what? Um, let's see, no environment is perfect, but with the right attitude, it will become perfect for you. What I taught was not necessarily what T wanted to hear at the time. Yeah, okay, so what the quote was is, no environment is perfect, but with the right attitude, it will become perfect for you. Um, and believe that we are born with a perfect parent, regardless of if the parents take advantage of that opportunity or not. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Do I remember any of that? Yeah, words? that you can speak on it. Because yeah. it seems like I might have to read way more than I just read to get, it, get, get you to it.
1: Possibly. But, I mean, I have I understand understanding of that. that um environment not perfect but intention yeah it's one of those things that's almost like everything happens for a reason and the environment that you're in or you grow up in or you develop in, may not be the um quote-unquote perfect environment or perfect situation it might not just be um easy or all sunshine and rainbows and all that it may be some hardships there but it's the perfect environment to develop you into um, what you develop to into. Um, it it builds you up in ways that if you weren't in that environment or didn't go through those situations, you wouldn't be built up in that way. And so I think that's what it means by the, there's no perfect environment. Right. Um, also with kind of the perfect parents. I know you even talked about, like you talked to me before, like even with you and your parents, like things that, just dealing with any parent in general that you don't always like mm-hmm. uh, about maybe your parent or your, your relationship with your parent, or how your parent handles one thing with you, but like that it's not necessarily a bad thing just cause you don't, you don't you know, appreciate like, it at the yeah, time. Yeah, you yeah. can go forth and really appreciate that later because you didn't really, I guess, have the foresight of what your life or how it developed you or how it was going to help
0: you um, for, I guess, things in the future. Yeah, because who's in the picture frame? Right, and because being in the picture frame, you can't see the whole picture. But your parents trying is, is is looking at a, a larger picture and trying to do stuff based on that larger picture. And I know I
1: was even having a conversation with um, a friend at one point, and she was just talking about like stuff that she was going through with her parents and all that kind of thing, and like the persistent problems that she was having. And one of the words of advice, I guess, I had to offer to her that I found to offer it to her was that this is just preparing you for something you're going to have to deal with down the line. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be so well prepared because of this situation now for that situation in the future that you might, you might even find some sort of appreciation for what you're going through now. So kind of try to find that appreciation in the moment instead of finding it later down the line. and yeah, I, I Just think about how, how this can help me later in life.
0: And I think that's good advice. As a matter of fact, I think that's great advice because we don't always see the reason for it. But the thing is, if we got to go through it, we might as well take advantage of it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's that, that's, that's a lesson for life. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fond of saying, like we, like you said, we have the perfect parents. And I even think back to my childhood. Like, I, my dad, it's some of the things that my dad did when I was a child, he used to do, my dad, used, my dad was a DJ, which I wasn't, but you are. And so, you know, and having that understanding certainly helped. But my dad used to run sound systems. You know what I'm saying? And when I did, I used to go just to hang out with my dad, you know, and, and, and he used to give me little tasks to do while we were doing it. It's not that I thought that was gonna ever be of any use in my life until you came along and you became a DJ, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and a musician for that matter, and then I used to have to go with you, or not have to, but I chose to go with you and kind of help you to run the speakers and run wires and run and do that kind of thing. And so it's like, at the time, I mean, I I, I didn't think that what my, I was doing with my dad was of any consequence. I just thought it's what he was doing. Really? Um but that actually helped but not even that and that's just a small portion. My dad was always in the youth. Right. Like he was always in youth. I mean to as a matter of fact, I honestly like I used to resent it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he was always into youth. And so um him and how he cared for youth and how he put himself out there actually was a lesson to me as I grew older because I never thought I was going to be in the youth and working with youth. Mm-hmm. And I find myself I mean that's like my passion, you know? And so Like, God gave me the perfect parent, regardless of how I felt about it when I was under him, under his care, regardless of how I felt about it, God had given me a model sitting in front of me that would be something that I would benefit from when I ultimately got to where I wanted to go. And so, um, kudos to my dad for doing that, but to all the other fathers that are out there, just model, be you, be who you are, because God gave you the perfect child, and if you're not selfish about what you give and who you are, Hmm. then there's a lesson there for them to be connected to,
1: I think that was a great tie-up.
0: Was that a tie-up? Good job, sir. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. So we're gonna go on to the next one. Um, the next one it says, um, becoming response able. Becoming response able, and then I mean, that. I gotta go all the way to page forty-three, um, from the book to talk about becoming response able. That's interesting. Why would go that far? Um, but becoming response able. Um, and then it says, uh, "Prepare for the bounce when life happens." Explain what rock bottom means and how everyone's rock bottom is inevitable and different. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I like that. Go ahead. You got anything to say about it? Because I got a lot to say about that.
1: You have a lot to say. I do. Uh,
0: when you say it that way, it almost made it sound dreary.
1: <laughs> Everybody will hit rock bottom, but um, I definitely think. There's truth to it. It's a true statement. Uh, everybody's rock bottom looks different. Yep. Rock bottom doesn't necessarily have to mean. The bottom. Yeah, the bottom. Living out in the streets cracked up or something. Right. Um. The bottom could just be, like, it's, it's really just a moment where, all right, like, this is, something has happened, something possibly negative, and this has become my motivation, my drive to make sure that I never get this low again. Yeah. And so I work all the harder because of that. And I guess that's just talking about your bounce back.
0: Your bounce back. Cause we, we had a, we, we had an issue with that, you and I. You remember that? I ain't had no issue. Was, no, I guess had you an did. Issue. I sure had to see, that was another one of them times, man. Like I had an issue. I had an issue cause you didn't, I mean, you couldn't tell whether you reached rock bottom or not.
1: Because he'd be saying stuff and I'm like, well I guess it was just things that we saw differently. Mm-hmm. Because he kept, like I would go to something and be like, is this rock bottom for you? Whereas for me, I guess some things were negative, but some things weren't that negative to me and then also i've always i always had that on um, i mean, how am I supposed to know
0: yeah that was, I, how am I supposed to know my thing is I mean you know at at, 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 about, at the end of the day you it's got, a decision it's a decision it's at the end of the day it's a decision kind of like no, it's a decision like say for instance i mean let, if we just use school and grades right, just say for instance, you go to school and you come out with all B's right. You can decide that that's my rock bottom. I don't want all bees. I'm done with bees. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a 4.0 student from now on because I don't like the fact that I can't say that I'm, you know, summa cum laude or magna cum laude or whatever, whatever. O laude, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So you you determine your rock bottom, and you determine that what I've been through is enough to now be cognizant of everything that I go through. Because I think sometimes we go through things and we have to react to them, and that puts us at rock bottom. Um, and so um, the one thing I talk about, especially when I'm, uh, in, in, as it pertains to the book, I was saying everybody's everybody gonna hit a rock bottom. We don't know what that rock bottom is. We can't define that rock bottom, rock bottom. But everybody's gonna hit a rock bottom. And as a parent, my job as the parent is actually to prepare my child, in this case my son, for the bounce. And so again, going along the lines of being intentional, going along the lines of um, really being, you know, having forethought into what I want my son or my daughter or whomever to learn and grow from, is putting that out there so they can do it. Because at the end of the day, if we don't give them or help them to see or help them to develop something else, when they hit rock bottom, they're not going to have anywhere to go. And, and rock bottom will absorb them. And then they'll just go deeper and deeper and deeper. And so the thing about preparing them for the bounce is, first of all, not arguing with the fact that they're going to hit rock bottom because we can't protect them from it. Right, mm-hmm. but just understanding that when they hit rock bottom, if you give them enough stuff, if you help prepare them with enough stuff, then when they hit, when they get there, they'll bounce, and then everything else will take over. Like you to say.
1: No, I was just thinking. You're just thinking. I had a thought that doesn't necessarily pertain to this, but kind of, well, because of my my ADD brain oh, okay. related uh-huh. related to it. But since I've spoken so much about it, I you guess might I'll go and say it. That's right. Um, but my mentor, okay, one of one of my mentors, Mr. Gill knows. Gil knows. Um, he used to, um, I guess, have this conversation with me. I wouldn't be talking about things, So I'd be talking about things out of my plate. He would ask me a question: Is that a, a um what, a glass ball or a rubber ball? A crystal ball or rubber crystal ball? Crystal ball or rubber ball? And so it doesn't necessarily directly pertain, but just from the idea of bounce back. And so the difference between a crystal ball or a rubber ball is. All right, so you have all these things on your plate. If you drop this, is this a crystal ball? Will it shatter? Will, will it just be over with, or is it a rubber ball? Can it? Can you bounce back from that mm-hmm. and prioritize things in that order? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if it's should I study for this test or go out to a party? Well, not going to the party could be uh, a rubber ball. Maybe I told my friends I was going to go with them. We were going to do this. But like you can bounce back with your friends in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what? I got to study that. Or you could go to the party and not study for the test. You end up failing the test and it crushes your GPA, whatever, however far that goes. That was a crystal ball. That was ball. a crystal ball. It's going to be hard to recover from that. Yeah. So, right. not necessarily directly pertaining to the rock bottom idea, but just.
0: Well, I can give you one. I can give I you guess one. Yeah, well, breaking yeah, I'll leave it down. It yeah, I leave it there. Microcosms right. of rock bottom. All right. I give you that. I give you that. Um, the other thing I wanted to discuss about this, about this becoming response able. Um, It's it's the story of the brick wall, and I wrote the story of brick wall. Um, We were in a youth session, and we were talking to a couple of kids that are or, uh, young adult who had come back from college, and they were talking about how they didn't do as well in college as they had anticipated doing it doing. And I'm like, so what's the issue? What happened? And the one guy said, Well, I hit a brick wall. I'm like, oh, you hit a brick wall. What does that look like? Because that's you know that's my common question. What does that look like? And his thing was, well. Um, it's like when you come up against something and no matter how you try, you can't escape it, right? No matter how you try, you can't escape it. You can turn around and try to run from it but you can't get away from it. You can't escape it, it's a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and when, when he said that I got a visual and, and this is what I shared with him and this is this comes from the parenting perspective. Um, the thing that I shared with him was, you know, you, you didn't just encounter a brick wall in college, right? And this is for, for, for I guess, for, for parents out here to understand And especially for young ladies and young men, uh, young ladies and men, yeah, yeah, young ladies and young men to understand is you're not just meeting those brick walls that seem insurmountable right now in your life, no matter what age you're at. They've always been there. But a lot of you all, a lot of us have had parents in our lives that when we turned around to run from the brick wall, the parent jumped in between us and the brick wall. And so as the brick wall went to pursue you, the parent bore the brunt. Of the pain and 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 that was so evident to me when I had that conversation with him was like,, bro, look, I'm glad you you understand what the brick wall looks like, but it, it, it does you well to understand the brick wall has already always been there. You just haven't had the person to jump in and to receive the blow instead of you, and so that's what I want to you know put that out again from from both from a a parental perspective or from a, a guardian perspective, like, yeah, that's why we're taking all the lumps, you know what I'm saying. But it, it, even from, from a young person's perspective, um, realizing that brick wall has always been there. Now it's you, 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 you're you actually gaining eyes that could see the brick wall. Where before, like, you didn't realize that there were consequences to your action. Mm-hmm. But there were. It just was just that. You weren't
1: the one really bearing the full force of the consequences.
0: Right, right, right. So, All right, cool. You got anything else to say about that? You good on that one? All right, let's see. Moving right along. Moving right along. Let me see what else me? we got. What else we, we got?
1: Two more.
0: See. 2, 3. Something like that. anyway, um so this is on page 90. We need to scribe. Oh, okay. Um let's see. Uh, we're going to skip that. One. All, right. All right. We're going to go to lesson number 3. Um choices and consequences, man. I'm going to tell you. Um got this a long time ago from um Deborah Deborah Larry Williams in Cincinnati, Ohio, man. They say you can choose your choices, but you cannot choose your consequences, and that has stuck with me for decades. You can choose your choices, but you cannot choose your consequences. And
1: I feel like I have a quote for that too.
0: You do. I'm gonna look. You're gonna look for it. All right. So um, this says page 59. Explain music mogul. Two albums and a single by the time he started college. Yeah. So my son's a music mogul. Uh, at least he used to be. That was in consequence. Not 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 now he's a now he's a uh. A, Wait anyway. So um. You don't believe in me anymore. <laughs> I haven't seen any fruits of the labor. Um, Anyway, so I guess this one we're just talking about uh, you can choose your choice, but you cannot choose your consequences. Um, How what you do today can affect you for a lifetime. Yeah, just understanding that, um, again, the choices that you're making today, actually, um, they're seeds. Everything we do is a seed. That's crazy, man. Like, everything we do is a seed. And so you're planting those seeds, and one day those seeds will come up. Regardless, like if if you think about it from perspective, and I'm uh, this is, I'm not a farmer, so um, I know with farming there's irrigation and all this kind of stuff. But let's just say something like, like if you ever had a place that you didn't want grass to grow, you know what I'm saying? Um, and th- we get we get dandelions and you know that kind of stuff in our yard or whatever, and um, you don't want anything to grow there. But for some reason, somehow we don't know, seeds blow in from somewhere and land in a patch of dirt where we don't want them to be, right? And I'm like, we have hedges and stuff, and like around the hedges, you always have to de-weed and take out the grass around the hedges. And no matter how diligent you are, or um, you know, you can put down all the seed fabric. I mean, I remember, you know, um, putting down salt. You look for all these different things to keep the grass from growing in the places that you want them, don't want it to grow, and it don't work. It don't work. That's how it is in our life. Like, there, once a seed is planted in your life, you don't control whether it grows or not. The only thing you can control is how long it grows, because if you if you are cognizant of it, you can uproot it, or whether you reject the seed at all, if that makes sense. And that's what choices and consequences are 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 about. It's like you got to realize that everything that you do has a consequence. If you put a good choice in, right, you get a good consequence. You put a bad choice in, you get a bad consequence. You don't get to choose what the consequence is, you only get to choose the seed. Go ahead. Oh, you just be
1: throwing, go ahead. I know, man, because
0: I, I want you going to go and read that quote, man. Um, all right, so I don't have a quote. Uh-oh.
1: I found the quote, but it, it's basically just saying it in a different way. Okay. Uh, it was, you're free to determine your choice, but you're not free to determine the outcome. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it was a different word, mm-hmm. word. And also, I have a message to share. Uh-oh. Um, not uh-huh. right now. Remind me to share it before uh-huh. the
0: end of the- uh-huh. Oh, a message from the governor? Yeah. No. Nah. All right, cool. Um. So, all right, so that's choices. Um... I talked about how the choice of the conduit, um delaying gratification on actions could lead to more responsible or mature decisions that yield better consequences. I mean, that's you know, that's that's amazing. That's crazy. It's crazy. I think about and I've looked at some of the things that and it, it's man, I got a million thoughts going through my head as always. Um I'm 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 so happy that having you came in year ten and not in year one. Oh, yeah. All right. And I, I tell I tell T that often, like yeah, so, Explain that, yeah. If if so, so if I had have had T, I was married for about ten years before T came, mm-hmm. right? Had I had T in year one, I'd be crazy. He'd be crazy. My mindset in year one wasn't a responsible mindset. I mean, it was uh, you know, hang out, you know, kicking it with the fellas, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. Mindset, and in my mind, as a young man. And I remember vividly, I saw this. When I was a young man, I was in high school. I saw this dude, and he had a son. And him and his son had the same kind of shirt. Him and his son had the same earring in the ear. And his son must have been three, four years old. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world, man. I was like, man, that's that's, that's him and his little homie. And that was my idea of what fatherhood was about, man. It was like, I'm going to have a little homie, Mm -hmm. right? And so had I had T in year one, or my wife and I had T in year one, T would have been my little homie. And it just so happens that I had 10 years of experience, 10 years of brick walls, um, uh, I had the opportunity to hit rock bottom and bounce, all of those things that happened in my life that matured me so that when T finally came on the scene, I had a different mindset or a different mentality. And so that's so important because, as I then raised T, I looked at, from a different place. F- at, at, what I saw in that man was immediate gratification. Like, I want my son to be just like me right now. And I don't think any parent really wants their child to be just like them. They, they in, in most cases, they want their child to be better than them, right? Mm-hmm. And so in order for my child to be better than me, I can't raise him up to be me. I got to raise him up to be better than me.
1: And I don't so, even say that that's uh, in most cases. Say what? I, I would... Maybe even say the inverse of that. Okay, give it to me. I would think that the idea of wanting your child to be better than you is more likely developed along the line, like further down the line, and people having that idea of
0: it. Well, no. Well, see, I'm telling you. For me, mm-hmm. again, in year one, when I was 20, mm-hmm. I would have wanted you to be just like me. Right. In year 30, because I had experience, right, I realized. The person that I am is flawed, mm-hmm. and I don't want to make a clone of me because if I make a clone of me, that clone is flawed. So coming out of the womb, I knew I wanted you to be better than me.
1: Right, I know. Okay, so that's I mean that's that's. But a, I, I was saying because you said in most cases you feel like people will be more so like that, didn't you? Or did I mishear you?
0: Right. I, what I'm saying is, I, I think we all want people, our, our kids, to be better than us.
1: Right, and that's what I was saying. The inverse.
0: But but if we got kids, you think even after you have a kid, you think you want them to be just like you? But that's what I was
1: saying. I was think after you have a kid, you'd want them. Possibly to be better than you, but like I feel like the mentality that you had initially—that I want, kind of, kind of like a mini me, a person mm-hmm. like me—is more likely to be the first thought, at least when you're younger and have a child. Right, and and I agree with that. I agree right. with
0: that. When you're younger and have a child, which is, I, mean, I guess, the whole point I was trying to make. So just like the ten years
1: of experience, the ten years of
0: experience is the thing that helped me. Like
1: actually, it, it got you more in that legacy mindset. I right, guess. it got me more in the legacy so, mindset. How can I make him like me right now? Or more? How can we continue to move and grow as we go? There you go. There you
0: go. Because I don't even want to be the person I was at thirty. I don't even want to be the person I was at twenty. You're right. Right. And so I have to set you up. Because it's funny, man. Like so. So let's go into um, (laughs) like we be watching these nature channels and stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so like it's funny. Like, do you understand that a whale never beaches itself to have a baby? Okay. (laughs) You <laughs> trying to say where am I going with that? Right? Yeah. Okay. What do, what do you mean? The whale swims, mm-hmm. gives birth. The baby comes out and swims alongside the whale, mm-hmm. and the baby has to learn okay. how to survive along the journey. Right. Right. Um. And so for 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 humans, I would think we 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 have our kids, and then we slow down. Mm-hmm. Right. So, we become kids so that our kids can grow. Like, when we talk to our kids, you know, we become kids so our kids can grow. We get down on our, on, our, on, our, on, our, on our belly and we crawl with our kids and all this kind of stuff. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm, don't get me wrong. But what I am saying is, but if you look at it in nature, like, a baby in nature has to grow I mean like like from, from birth.
1: There's a lot of intentionality in nature. Yes. Future. Even with like um what like eagles. Yes. I think how they like, throw them out of the throw
0: nest. Throw them out of the nest, baby. You, you, look, hey, and then I ain't gonna scoop you up until you almost hit the ground. I ain't right. gonna let you die, but you're gonna have to learn to fly today. As a matter of fact, they even talk about how eagles, what they do is before before they um actually give birth and they're creating a nest. They put feathers and cotton and all these kinds of soft remedies in the nest so that as the as the eggs crack, the babies have this soft cushion to to, to lay on. Mm-hmm. And then the eagles start pulling all the cushions and stuff out of the nest. So that all is left is thorn. Right? right? So the baby can't get comfortable in the nest. No, baby, you gotta fly, you gotta go. And so when you look in nature, um that's typically what happens. Like these babies early on have to learn to fend and fight for themselves. And and, and as, as humans, we're not talking about fending and fighting, but um, like I said, for me, I've always tried to raise you five and 10 years in advance. When you were three, I was trying to raise you like you was 8, 13. I never tried to raise you like three. As a matter of fact, I've always said, and it's probably in this book somewhere, that um, I don't have to teach you how to be a kid because you already one. Right. What I need to teach you how to do is be a young man. And then now I don't need to teach you how to be a young man because you already one. What I need to teach you how to do is to be a grown man, you know? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. That was a good song. That was a good one. I said that was a good song.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. Um. All right. One more thing. I'm thought. It says, um, like discuss the concept of the best that can happen and the worst that can happen. Uh huh.
1: I want you to tell me which. You- well, my first thought was, um, well, best that can happen, worst that can happen, and also bad was another thing that you taught me. Yeah,
0: best alternative to a negotiated agreement.
1: Um, And so, I guess, when it comes to decision-making, you want to think, almost like a pros and cons, mm-hmm. but kind of on, like, a more polarizing level. If I'm going to do this, what's the best thing that can happen, the best possible outcome that I can hope to get, and then what's the worst possible outcome that I can also receive? And when you're weighing it against something else, not even weighing it against something else, even just weighing it against itself, is it worth it? Am I willing to go through the worst that can happen yep. in pursuit of the best that can happen? And if you're not willing to go through the worst that can happen, then pouring into that is not, what's the word? I have the word. I lost it. Advantages? advantageous? It, it, right, advantageous. It's not what you want to do. Uh, and even in just kind of like that pros and cons thing, like now, so if I don't want this negative outcome of this, maybe I should start looking at something else now I'm looking at what's the best that can happen here, what's the worst that can happen here. Yeah. If I'm willing to, if the worst thing that can happen doesn't seem bad enough to me, like I'm willing to pursue the best thing that can happen in this opportunity or this decision or anything of like that, then go for it. Right. But you just wanna make sure that first, before you just dive head first into something, am I willing to take the lowest
0: outcome? There you go, there you go. So that's one of the things that I've always tried to give to you, like, like when, whenever you come up against a decision, you really need to look at what's the best thing that can happen. Like, what's the best outcome out of this, and what's the worst outcome? Mm-hmm. And like, if you can't stand the worst outcome, you might want to abandon that because I mean, it ain't worth it. In between, yeah. Batten is really—I mean, batten is a negotiating term. It's called best uh, b- Al- best alternative a- to, a to a negotiated, negotiated agreement. agreement. Like, what, what, like, what, what is the worst thing I can put up with? In this decision, mm-hmm. and that's your back. What,
1: what's the worst thing that I'm willing to put that I'm willing up? to put up? with? Not necessarily the worst outcome, but it's like, all yeah. right, if if I'm still gonna go for, it, if we're still gonna make this exchange, we're still gonna do this. Um, what's the lowest bar I'll set before it's all right? I'm no longer gonna yeah, do. I'm this this on a That's right.
0: That's it. Best alternative to a negotiated. There you go. All right. Cool. And so, um, yeah, the last thing I got right here, man, is the bridge, the barracks of the dormitory, and I. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I briefly, uh, there's a lot behind that. There's a lot behind that one, man. Like that was the whole premise for the Get Out date. I really? Should sure,
1: we can have a whole conversation about that? Honestly.
0: Oh, so you want to want to table We can that branch one? that off. We'll all right, table that. We'll table that. Out. We'll table that one. The next podcast y'all get from us, we're gonna we're gonna that's, talk about. That's the gonna be the title. That's the gonna bridge, be the title: The Bridge, to Barriers of the Dormitory. So, yeah. hey, if you want to get ahead of the curve, you might want to go out there and get that book because honestly, that's what the premise for the Get Out date was all about: the bridge, the barriers of the dormitory. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, you got a story you want to tell us? Oh, the a message. message from the governor the oh, other it, day.
1: It's not it's not a huge message. That's but a message because it's huge
0: because it's coming from you. You
1: know, the other day, I can't even remember what podcast it was. Uh-oh. We were talking. We were having a conversation. And in this conversation, we ended up bringing up somebody that we know, um, a friend of mine. Okay. And talking about, uh, I guess, our development, his development, all of that our relationship. I think I remember that. And in that podcast, you mentioned that when you met him, he was just a little boy that didn't wear belts. Ah, okay. 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 So nope, now nope I'm here to on. tell you that he now wears belts. y'all. <laughs> I was told to tell y'all <laughs> that, um, don't be dragging his name through the <laughs> dirt, through the mud. He now wears belts, so
0: you ain't got to talk about him no more. He does wear belts, man. He yes. does wear belts. It's funny, though. It was, it was a hard struggle for a minute, though. Mm-hmm. It was a hard struggle for a minute. He just, he come to my house, man, be like, I'm going to go get my belt and put it on you. Right. But, yeah, he does He does not wear belts, so I, I was, won't drag his name. I
1: was going through the notes, and I found, I took the note there, Ricardo wears belts.
0: See, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, Ricardo, you wear belts, we cool. So anyway, man. So so basically, what we were talking about today is the Get Out Date. We're giving you some points from the from the Get Out Date. Um, it's not not a hard. I mean, it's a really good read if you ask me. I just throw out some points. We got way more points in this book. I mean, we talk about college prep. We talk about the process that we went through um, to um, work with T to to decide what school he wants to go to, scholarships, all that kind of stuff. So it's a really good information in it. The book is called The Get Out Date: One Father's Guide to Raising a Son. It's like
1: a it's like a synopsis, a summary of of Eighteen years, yeah, some of intentional lessons, honestly, of so. intentional lesson.
0: As a matter of fact, um, and I don't want to belabor the point, man, but the book starts out the day before T was born, right. and so it it, it it so parallels life because I, I I talk about in it how T was supposed to be born on August the tenth, and that brother just would not come. Like we just had to wait on T to come, and I talk I, I tell a story about um what all we did um waiting on T to come. And, and then I make mention of the fact that we've been waiting on T ever since so mm-hmm. that brother 20 years old and we still waiting on him so hey Bump Podcast Bump Podcast Between You and Me Between You and Me Allah. Holla